Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. you. May be seated. Thanks. Whoa. What a great year 2017 was for Kate and I, and I hope it was a wonderful year for each of you. And uh, 2018 is going to be even better. The way it works in the kingdom of heaven is that you get what you have faith for. And so if you have faith for the enemy to attack you, for him to come and steal and kill and destroy, if you have faith for things to go badly for you, because they always do, if you have faith that you're going to get sick because you always thought you might, if you have faith that this is the year you're going to get cancer because your mom died of cancer at the same time in her life, if you have faith that you're going to have financial ruin because, you know, that's what happens to people, doesn't it? If you have all of that and that's your faith, congratulations. You'll get what you have faith for. You see, faith works in both dimensions. Faith is faith. If you have faith in God, then you'll have what you have faith for. You'll have more of God. God will fill you with more of himself. He'll fill every decision that you make. He'll fill every bank account that you have. He'll fill every cell that you have with his health. He'll fill every hope that you have with his promises. He'll fill you with goodness because he's God. But if you have faith that things are just going to go really badly this year, you'll get that too. Well, I shouldn't say two. You'll get that instead. (laughs) You'll get that instead. So, let's have faith in God this year. Amen? Let's have faith in Jesus this year. That this will be the year that we fall more deeply in love with Jesus. That we see his face more clearly. That this is the year that the face of Jesus shines upon us in a beautiful way. You know, I think one of the greatest dangers to us in our lives is that we plan out through negative faith all the things that we think are going to happen and then we we wonder why they happen to us. We lie there on our beds, we sit there in our cars driving along, we play out scenarios in our minds and as we play out those scenarios, we literally don't realize it, we're actually prophesying. We're just prophesying in agreement with the devil's purposes and the devil's plans and our flesh. But we don't have to live like that. In 2018, we can live fully in the promises of God. We can live fully in God himself. And that's what we're going to do is catch the fire family. Amen? In 2018, by the, year, by the end of this year of 2018, we're not going to fit into this auditorium. We're going to have to have two services by this time next year. And folks, change is a necessary and absolute part of growth. And healthy things grow. So if you're the sort of person that's like, you know, but I like a little church. I know everybody in a little church. It's so much nicer. I love it. Because I know everybody. I get to meet everybody. And I get to do this. And I get to do that. I love little church. That's great. Just make sure you sign up for an Ignite group this year. And you'll have little church. And the best part is you'll get to remain part of a healthy, growing church. Because healthy things grow. And growth is here to stay, everybody. It's here to stay. We're going to grow this year. It's going to be an awesome, awesome year. And you know, when I look across this room today, I get so excited because we're a multi-ethnic church right here in Raleigh-Durham. I look around and I see people from every different race practically on planet Earth. And that is so exciting to Kate and I. You know, we came down from Toronto 
Canada, the most ethnically diverse people group in the world, the most ethnically diverse city in the world, where more than 50% of the population of Toronto were not born in Canada. That means every other car that you go past, that person was not born in Canada, just in your daily life. And then we came down here to Raleigh. And we were all excited because we thought, I mean, it just never even occurred to us that we were going to have a white church. (laughs) And off we went on the first Sunday and the second Sunday and the third Sunday. And I'm thinking, seriously, there's something wrong with this church. What's wrong with this church? What is wrong with the church we planted? There's something wrong with it and I can't put my finger on it. And then I think it must have been the black man trapped inside this white skin because I was born in Nigeria and I speak fluent Hausa. I think it must have been the black man trapped in this white skin. It suddenly occurred to me, everybody's white. That's the problem with this church. Come on. We're not supposed to go to a church that's full of the same race of people that we are. We're supposed to be part of a multi-ethnic church because heaven is going to be multi-ethnic. And you better start liking the Chinese because when you get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of Chinese. Everything's going to be made in China. So get over yourself and let 2018 be the year that you make friends with people that don't look like you. Because you're going to discover something really incredible. You're going to discover that true unity is not conformity. True unity is celebrated diversity. Shaka bongo. I'm so glad that our church is now very, very multiracial. Hallelujah. Multicultural, multi-ethnic, multiracial, multidimensional, and multi-talented, I might add. And seeing as I'm the least good-looking person in this room, you're all extremely good-looking. <laughs> I like that. That was a good joke. You know... We want to finish out 2017 well, don't we, everybody? And it doesn't matter what has happened to you in 2017. You have 45 minutes to put every single thing right. That's good news, isn't it? You know, it doesn't matter what you're ashamed of. In a few minutes, you won't be ashamed of it anymore. It doesn't matter what you've done that you regret or that what you haven't done that you regret hasn't happened in 2017. In a few minutes, it'll be over, baby. You won't think about it again. You won't ever give a second thought about it. You know, I'm convinced that the worst life that you could possibly live is a life where you look over your shoulder the whole time. Most people that... Proverbs 28 verse 1 says that the righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one is chasing them. You know, one of the tragedies in life is that we entertain irrational fears. And we entertain irrational shame. And we entertain irrational regrets. When we have a good God in front of us, we spend our lives looking at our rotten past. That's the spirit of stupid right there. But we do it all the time, don't we? You know, Kate and I, we live out in the country, you know, because I'm a farmer's boy. And uh, we have a small little acreage up there. I say small little acreage because I'm used to hundreds of acres. Gosh, relax, everybody. Come on. If you want to, how many of you in this room would love to own hundreds of acres one day? Come on, I would like to own hundreds of acres. I don't, but I would like to own them. (laughs) My grandfather, he owned hundreds of acres. I want to be like him. Why wouldn't I want to be like him? I need to be even more blessed than him. Amen? Let's take a moment to say, Heavenly Father, 
Just let me be more blessed than the generations that have gone ahead of me. And God, let my children and their children's children be way more blessed than me. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Well, you know, last night I was, Kate said to me, honey, can you take the trash out? Well, see, those of you that live in the city, that's a simple thing of going into the garage and taking your trash and putting the, all you have to do is remember to put the right stuff in the right bin, the right colored bin. That's all you have to think about, right? Well, not for me living out in the country. Oh, no, 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 no. I have to do a Braveheart movie, especially at nine o'clock at night. Because there's coyotes everywhere. You know that, right? And there might even be a stray mountain lion. You never know. And what about the black bears that just could have somehow come? I mean, you know, in those irrational fears that we all sometimes have at nine o'clock at night on a full moon night. I mean, you never know what else might be out there. There might even be aliens. And so all of a sudden, a simple thing of take the trash out, honey, becomes, sure, honey, no problem. And halfway up towards the trash bin, you're confronted with all of these horrifically real thoughts. And every hair on your skin stands up, and you go into a flat panic, and you're not sure whether to turn around and sprint back into the house and tell your wife anything. Just make it up. Just do whatever comes to mind. So I went to the, the trash hut, because we have a trash hut. Can you imagine? Anyway. And I always take the trash about once a week in my pickup truck down to the dump. I'm learning how to become North Carolinian. I'm a North Kakalaki man already. And I go to my trash, and I open my hut doors with every hair on my spine thing, uh, back of my neck standing up and I'm thinking any minute now a coyote is going to just come out and just growl at me and I think even if it growled at me I'd have a heart attack and die <laughs> let alone eat my entire right leg and as I open the trash bin a uh, hut the hole of the trash that somebody had put in there earlier in the day just came crashing out and went everywhere spilling everywhere which meant that I had to spend even longer as prey for a coyote, clearing it all up into the bag, overcoming my fears to get that thing in and shut that door. And of course, it then occurred to me in the midst of my blame of Kate for not putting the trash in properly, that Kate never puts the trash out. It was me that had not put it in properly. Don't you just hate that when you're mad and you're just convinced that someone just ruined your life and you realize that someone was you. That's what I want to talk about today. How many of you would be interested in a message that if you could walk in the principle of this message, it would guarantee that in 2018 and the rest of your life, that not one single attack that the enemy might ever throw at you would ever stick and would ever have any success against your life. I'm not saying that it guarantees that you won't have be attacked, but I am saying it guarantees that it will have no effect upon your life. <clears throat> Jesus understood this. He said in John 14, 30, I'll not speak much more with you for the ruler of the world is coming. And then he says this, but he has nothing in me. Everybody say, he has, he has nothing, nothing in me. Say this with me. In 2018, with the Holy Spirit's help, I'm going to make sure that the enemy has nothing in me. Come on, that feels good, doesn't it? And for the enemy to have nothing in me in 2018, we got to deal with... Uh, Things where the enemy has obtained legal rights in 2017 and 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 0, 1, 0. See, some of you have things that are not even in 2017 that you need to deal with this morning. Some of you, sadly, have things that go right back into the 90s that you need to deal with. 
Some of you have things that need to go, you've got to go back into the 80s to deal with. I was sitting in somebody's house in the UK, and they started sharing with me, they were my hosts, and they started sharing with me around the dinner table, and uh, actually, actually around a cup of tea table, with a slice of cake, as us all English do. And as I'm sitting there enjoying my cake, he started to share with me, and unburden with me, how, the pa- how his pastor had hurt him. And uh, my ears always perk up when I hear about pastors that have hurt people because I always think, Lord, help me never to do that in Jesus' name. (laughs) It's a joke, everybody. And so as I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this guy, I'm thinking, man, he did that. He did? Wow. Did you get him back like that? Did you? I mean, I didn't do all of that because there was tea and cake on the table, but I was thinking all of that, you know. I mean, I was in this story with him. And I was thinking, how could a pastor do that kind of thing to somebody, you know? I mean, I would never do that. (laughs) And I'm thinking, man, this must have just happened last week. So I said to him, wow, so when did this happen last week? He goes, oh, it didn't happen last week. Are you kidding? This was 10 years ago. I'm like, I I was, as we say in English, flabbergasted. Now there's a good English word for you. I was gobsmacked. I was shocked. Ten years old. This pain in his heart was a fresh wound as if it had just happened yesterday and it was ten years old. How many of you know that he had been allowing himself to be tortured for ten years, 365 days of the year? And you know, that's what we do if we don't deal with our junk. You see, we can't do anything necessarily about the people that hurt us and the people that are around us. And you know, the reality is hurt people sometimes hurt people. And you're a hurt person, so that's why you hurt people. And that's why the people around you who also hurt people, they also sometimes hurt you. To go through this world without being hurt is impossible. Even Jesus was hurt. Think about it. The cross was the most painful experience that any human being has ever endured without exception and with no comparison. In fact, you can't even add up the entire human race's hurts, add it all together combined, and have them compare with how much Jesus was hurt at the cross. Because at the cross, he took all of that hurt. He became all of that hurt, as well as enduring it himself. It is the nature of our human experience, everybody, that we will from time to time time, be hurt by others, be hurt by ourselves, and even misinterpret life that God's hurt us. Notice my careful use of language just there. You see, God has never hurt us and never will hurt us. But when things happen that we don't understand, who do we often blame? We think God, why did you allow that to happen? We might as well say straight out to his face, God, why did you hurt me? But we're smart enough not to say that, so we say things like, God, if you really love me, how could you have let that happen to me? How could you have let my marriage fall apart? How could you have let my job fall apart? How could you have let my business go to rack and ruin? How could you have allowed my son to die? How could you have allowed my brother to die? How could you allow that, Lord? See, I have a brother who died. How could you, a good God, allow that to happen? And when we ask those questions, what we're really doing is we're accusing a good God of what he had no part of. Except for this one thing. He took everything that he had no part of and he owned it as if it was him. And he took it all at the cross so that nobody could ever blame God for anything that's ever happened. He's unblameable, everybody. Now, 
How can we guarantee in 2018 that the enemy, his attacks can have no effect upon us? Well, we need to understand that the enemy operates in the realm of the law. Exodus 21, 23 to 25 opens up our understanding for why the law, though it's perfect, is a perfect opportunity for the enemy to take control of our lives if we let him. Though the law is good, the enemy's evil, the evil enemy uses the good law against us because we too are evil lawbreakers. We're just not in touch with that very often. We're more in touch with how everybody else has broken the law. Have you noticed that? We're unbelievably clear-sighted about how everybody's hurt us. But if there's anything that we're most blind to, it's how we've hurt somebody else. It's unreal. We are so thin-skinned about how much others have hurt us. But then when we're confronted with what we've done to somebody else, oh my gosh, we grow the thickest skin in a split second. We're like, oh, are you kidding me? I did not mean that when I said that. And I, that was not true. And they need to just get over themselves. What is it? They're just a bunch of wimps. They need to grow up. Get a little bit tougher. Man, can't believe they took that wrongly like that. Meanwhile... Shoe on the other foot. A week later, I can't believe I did that to me. This is that to me. You know where we most get in touch with this? Right behind the steering wheel. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're driving along. You're in a 70 doing 80. You clean forget that you're breaking the law. All of a sudden, someone comes up weaving in and out of traffic, and they're clearly doing 90 miles an hour. And then they just cut you up, and you're like, And the only thing that keeps you from road rage is your sanity, because you remind yourself that you're in North Carolina, and it's just not a smart idea to ever get into a fight with anybody unnecessarily at the road, because there may well be a traffic light in front of you, and that person might jump out of their car with a loaded pistol and point that thing at your head. Which actually Kate saw in 2017. Right there on Glenwood. In front of her. She's driving along, minding her own business. Some car comes weaving in and out like this. Another car's like that. And then they go up to the next traffic light. They're swearing at each other and yelling and screaming. They go up to the next traffic lights. While this one guy was just so upset, he jumped out of the car. He had his loaded gun and he pointed that thing right into the face of that other driver. Because they cut him up in a car. That's how cheap life was to that individual. Right in our own city. Well, actually not. In Raleigh, not Durham. Durham's a lot safer. It's great, you know, when you're in your 10th year of living here, you finally know how to make jokes that make people from this place laugh. When you first arrive, you're just blundering around like a social whatever. Anyway... And so smart as you are, you don't do anything because you don't want a gun. But, but you know in your heart, you swore at that person, even if it didn't come on your lips, it was right there in your heart. And you're all mad with them and upset. Well, you know what? No more than 10 minutes later, you're down the road and you just don't even realize it. Before you know it, you're weaving in and weaving out and your speedometer just picked up and you're doing 90 miles an hour. You're doing the very thing that you just got all mad with that other person for. I want you, I need you to understand if you're going to have a successful 2018, you need to get a grip of your life in this area. Because you cannot do anything necessarily about what other people will do to you. God's given them a free choice. But what you do have a free choice over is your reactions to what others do to you. That you can govern. That you can rule over. And if you can become a king in 2018 of one thing, be a king of your heart and rule over it.
Now, how does the law work? The law works like this. Exodus 21 to 20, 23 to 25. But if there's any further injury, then you shall appoint as a penalty life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and bruise for bruise. <laughs> Goodness gracious, it sounds terrible, doesn't it? But it's perfect, actually. It's right. It's based on fairness, which we call justice. And it's based on law. It is fair, and it's the law. The problem is we can't keep it. You see, we're judged under the law because we're all lawbreakers. Well, you say, and how am I a lawbreaker? I'm not a lawbreaker. I'm a good person. I'm a nice person. I'm not like the person sitting next to me this morning. I can smell their B.O. from here. B.O.'s body odor. James 2 verse 10, for whoever, listen to this everybody, this is the word of God. You know, we love the word of God when it says things like, all things work to, for the good of those that love God and are called according to his promises, and that's me. Did I mention all things? And we love those verses and we're in touch with those verses. But you know, there's other verses too. There's verses like this one. And this verse is the verse of all verses that helps us get in touch with the fact we're not that nice. In fact, we're so not nice, we needed a savior. Every single one of us. The only people that will go to hell are the people who self-justify themselves. Every single person that pleads to God for mercy on account of the mercy that was given them through Jesus' death upon the cross will never perish but have everlasting life. But if you're self-justifying, if you think that by your own good deeds and your own goodness and your own abilities to be a nice person, you're going to get to go to heaven, you will be very sorely disappointed. You see, there is no one good enough because good is actually not the criteria for heaven. Perfect is the criteria for heaven. You see, if God allowed you in, with your imperfect goodness, your imperfect goodness would go down in all of eternal history as the very thing that ruined heaven and turned it into hell. Because you arrived and God let you in. I think the best way of understanding that is to think of a nice glass, a bottle of water, a nice bottle of water. Throw me a nice bottle of water, honey. Just throw it to me. I got it. See, I told you I got it. Now then, not only am I handsome, I'm talented. However, I'm the least talented person in this room, so congratulations, everybody. Now then, here's this glass of this uh, bottle of water. Mm. Oh, that's just so nice on my dry throat. How many of you know that I would never in a million years have done that if Kate had dropped a little bit of Jude's poo in there? Jude's my grandson. And yes, he poos. And, you know, sometimes those poos go into those little roly, kind of little tiny roly bits, you know, inside the diaper. Anybody ever seen that? I saw it just yesterday. I was changing his diaper, and that's what granddads that are good granddads do. And uh, I noticed in this diaper that amongst all of the other gubbins that were in there, that there was some poo that had become roly, little tiny bits wasn't much, just a little roll, not a lot at all. In fact, so little that you could drop a bit in there and I'm sure the rest would be fine. I mean, it was hard enough to just sit in the bottom anyway. How many of you in this room would drink that? You wouldn't. You see, for heaven to stay heaven... Heaven needs to make sure you're not there with all your goodness. Because your goodness stinks. That's why Jesus came to give us his goodness, his perfection. And all that it takes to exchange your goodness for his perfection is your faith in him and your trust in him. And you put your faith and belief in his life as a divine exchange. His life for yours, your life for his.
James deals with it. For whoever, verse 10 of chapter 2, for whoever keeps the whole law, the whole law, everybody say the whole law, and yet stumbles in one point, everybody say just one point, one little piece of roly-poo, he has become guilty of all. Everybody hear that? I don't think you heard that, because if you hear that, you'll say, ooh. Let me just read it again, and let's see if we can get a more appropriate response. For whoever keeps the whole law, whoever! That's a lot of who's, a lot of who's out there. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. That was good. For he who said don't commit adultery also said don't commit murder. Now if you don't commit adultery but you do, not com- but you do commit murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. And so you would say to me, well I haven't committed murder and I haven't committed adultery. Except that Jesus nailed it, didn't he? When he said on the Sermon of the Mount, I tell you the truth, you've heard it said, you shall not commit murder. But I tell you the truth, whoever's been angry with his brother in his heart is guilty of murder. And whoever has looked lustfully at another human being, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you whoever's looked lustfully at another human being is guilty of adultery. So good morning, adulterers. Good morning, murderers. I'm a murderer. I'm a adulterer. At least in my thoughts, according to Jesus. And I need a savior really badly. And I'm so glad I have one. And I'm so glad you have one. Let 2018 be the year that you understand that fact. So speak, verse 12, so speak and so act as those who would be judged by the law of liberty, the law of freedom, for judgment will be merciless to the one who showed no mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. Galatians 5, 3 and 4, and I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he's under obligation to keep the whole law. You've been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by law. You've fallen from grace. Now I want you to see something here. Here, in order for Paul to use the adjective fallen, it means, it implies that grace is somewhere higher than what you've fallen to. And he says, you've fallen from grace. Let me do that again. Here you are in grace, but you... See someone that you know is doing wrong. If you are gracious towards them and you think in your heart, wow, they're doing the sort of thing that I would do. I'm so thankful for the grace of God that has saved me and rescued me. Though I continue to do those things, Lord, would you have mercy and kindness and be gracious to that one over there, that crazy uncle that I can't stand coming to Thanksgiving every year. That ex-husband or ex-wife that happens to be right there around the Thanksgiving table. I don't know why anybody remotely even thought of them. Or that wayward son that's right out there in California just smoking weed. Just weeding their their life away. Their wife away. No. You see, when we have those kinds of judgments in our heart towards those other drivers, towards that boss that won't give us a pay rise, towards that colleague that keeps jumping in the way and shining instead of allowing us to shine, that that person who keeps taking our place in the worship team, when really, if anybody, if anybody would just recognize that I can, I've I've got a beautiful voice, when's anybody going to say that I've got a beautiful voice? I've got a lovely voice. I know I've got a lovely voice. And when's it going to be my time to preach? I want to preach. And why does my sister always get better presents than me? Time for me to get a nice present. My mum and dad, I'm sure they love my sister more than me. And when we have those thoughts, 
the Bible tells us we fall from grace. And what do we fall into? We fall into the realm of the law. And guess who's at the realm of the law? The devil. You know why? Because he's confined by the law. Because he's a lawbreaker. He's the lawbreaker. And so the law traps him and keeps him from grace. And don't feel sorry for him because he doesn't want grace anyway. Because in grace, he can't shine more than everybody else. And he wants to shine. Mm, he's addicted to shining. He wants to shine more than you. And the problem with grace is that everybody's shiny. And he can't stand it when everybody's shiny. Because he wants to shine. That's what orphans do. They like to shine. And there's nothing that makes us shine more than our religion or our money or our education, our education. Or maybe, maybe our race or maybe our family or maybe our accent. Or maybe our musical talent or sporting talent or everything else that the super me that we project tries to hold on to to cover up the reality that we believe that we're a mini-me. That we believed all the devil's lies that we're just a nothing and a nobody, a mini-me. And what do we do? We cover up the mini-me with the super me so that all the mini-me's around us can recognize how super we are. We're better than everybody else. The problem is, we have forgotten the devil is there at the realm of justice and the law, trapped under it, unable to get out. And he's mad, and he doesn't like you, and he doesn't play fair, because he's a lawbreaker. And so he doesn't care if you broke the law because you lied a little white lie to your wife and told her you spent $55 on the credit card this Christmas. When in reality you spent $555 and you're just going to cover that up and hope it goes away, you know, before the bill. So you're going to plan out how you're going to intercept that paper bill before it arrives. See, the devil doesn't care if that's your little lie, that's your little area of leniency and breaking the law. When in reality, over here, you're all mad with somebody because they cut you up in the road or you're mad with them because they didn't recognize your gifting or they're mad with you because they just, they just don't think that you love them like you should love them. The devil doesn't care. He's like, okay, God, thank you very much. Duncan's demanded justice <coughs> against so-and-so who's the perpetrator of the hurt in his life. So, but he himself is a perpetrator over here with these people over here. And so because he's demanding justice against those perpetrators, I rightfully demand justice against him as a perpetrator. And you know what? If there's one thing you do not want in your life, it's justice against you for what you deserve. I guarantee it. And if you think you do, go look at yourself a whole long time in 2018 at your life. It's not as good as you think. And the devil doesn't care. All he needs is how many points broken? How many points broken? One point. That's all. So imagine Murray and I, here we are with brothers, aren't we? You know what? If there's anybody that infuriates you more, I don't think it's real. There's something about brotherly love that can very easily go wrong. And you won't imagine if I punch Murray in the mouth and I knock his tooth out, he's going to be minus one tooth. I'm going to have all mine intact. But what's he, what does the law say he can do? He's knocked my tooth out. And you know what? How many of you know? That's fair. But fair doesn't mean nice. And fair doesn't mean blessing necessarily. And fair doesn't even make everything that feels wrong between us all of a sudden just go away, does it? Because what do I want to do now that he's scored a fair, he, he's leveled the score? What do I want to do? Am I at peace about it? Am I like, oh, well done, bro, that was smashing. 
I'm going to be even more mad. I'm going to remember I've got a left hand. Boom, and I'm going to punch out his right eye, left eye. And what does the law tell me, Murray, that he can do? Boom, he can, eye for an eye, he can knock out my eye. And you know what? Is that going to make everything cool between us? Is that going to bring peace? No. What's going to happen? I'm going to get even more mad. I'm going to be like, I got, he's got two eyes. I've knocked one out. I'm going to knock the other. And I can whack that other eye out. And what does the law say he can do? Huh? What does it say? He can knock my other eye out. Trouble is he can't see me. Ha ha. <laughs> Thanks, bro. The devil, he has a heyday in the midst of all of that. You know why? Because he's mean. He's nasty. And he's there. I want to, Raphael, just come up here quick, please. I I want you to imagine that it wasn't me and Murray, Murray and I. It was Raphael and Murray. And they were the two going at it. And I'm doing that because I'm going to pretend to be the devil now because I'm secure enough to be okay with doing that because I know that that's not me. We're in theater. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to put that on Raphael. Yeah. He might be of weaker faith. <laughs> and so here we are. And they've had this fight. And Raphael started it because Murray insulted him. And boom. Boom, tooth out, boom, tooth out, back, eye, eye, and they're good. And Murray's left, Murray's left Raphael bleeding over there, just on the dirt, just bleeding. And he's all happy, and he feels like, man, I squared it all up. Well, you know what? The devil, he's like, God, that Christian Murray, huh? Yeah, you see, folks, listen to me. In your life, it might not be 50 cuffs, but hatred is hatred. And anger is anger. Rage is rage. Bitterness is bitterness. Unforgiveness is unforgiveness. And you might not use your fists, but when you take to heart what somebody else did to you and you take it in pain and sorrow and anger, it is as lethal to your life as this. And you see, what happens is the devil comes along and he's like, God, this Murray, he, he instead of giving mercy as you gave him, and led him to grace. He had to fall from grace to come down and execute justice on Raphael. And that means, God, that he gave Raphael what he deserves. He demanded justice. So, now, about that justice, I'm going to give justice to Murray because the law allows it. Murray. And all of a sudden, Murray loses his job, quite suddenly, unexpectedly, in 2018. Oh dear. <laughs> and not only that, on his way home from getting fired, he has a nasty car crash. And he's injured. And it turns out that his insurance wasn't enough to cover the special injuries that the insurance company has written in the finer details of the insurance policy. We cover everything except kidneys. And he had a ruptured kidney. You know what I'm saying, everybody? And then not only that, he gets home, and three weeks later, languishing as he is, he gets a letter from the mortgage company to say that they're pulling his mortgage because he, for whatever reason, forgot his mortgage payment, which he didn't. It just got mysteriously lost in the system. But because he missed one payment, meanwhile, his neighbors missed 10 payments, and they've been merciful to him. But because he missed one payment, now all of a sudden, the mortgage company is pulling his mortgage, and he's going to have to go into foreclosure. And not only that... But he's now got a really big story to pour his heart out onto, onto every person who will be willing just to listen. I mean, he's even got some stuff that's worthy of spiritual warfare. He could, and he finds himself calling up Joanne. Hey, Joanne, I need some spiritual warfare. Can you get the prayer ministry team to do some spiritual warfare? And as they're in the midst of the spiritual warfare, there he is in the middle of all the shaka behind. 
and the bungu banging and the banga bangang and the yeah I command this devilish thing off of you and we cut that nasty thing off of you and we even get the sword of the spirit off of you and they lift off every principality power and ruler over darkness and they even use the name of Jesus fully Jesus Christ of Nazareth and in the midst of all of that What sets Murray free is not so much all of that, wonderful as it might be, but that the Holy Spirit, for the first time, Murray heard the Holy Spirit's voice. Do you remember your upset with Raphael? You walked in unforgiveness. You walked in anger. And you allowed the devil to have free reign in your life. Are you able to forgive Raphael, Murray? He said, yes, everybody. And you see, what happens when, when we say yes, the Holy Spirit leads us back to that beautiful place of grace. You see, in grace, the river flows. The river doesn't flow at the realm of the law. The river flows in the realm of grace. If you're wondering why your life wasn't blessed in 2017, check your heart examine your heart. Don't think of all the bad things that were done to you. Think of all the wrong reactions to all the bad things that happened to you that went on in your life because that's the only thing you can take responsibility for. And when you take responsibility for those things, the Holy Spirit himself will restore you to the realm of grace. And in this realm of grace, the river flows. There's endless provision. There's endless energy. There's everything that you need. Your bank accounts are full up here. They're just full. Down here, you're on your own. It's how many thousands? It's how many minus tens, minus hundreds, minus thousands, or how many plus tens, plus hundreds, plus thousands, and even maybe a plus a billion. But up here... It's gazillions. It's an endless treasure. I want you to remember three things, church, in 2018 that will help us to have the most blessed year. I want you to remember to be quick to forgive. Okay, number, actually four things. Number one, slow to judge. Number two, quick to forgive. Number three, quick to give thanks. And number four, quick to bless. If you can remember those four things, you will take charge of your future. You, with the Holy Spirit's help, will become fully in the driving seat for what happens regarding blessing in your life. You might not be able to, in fact, you will not be able to control what others do, but you will be able to turn everything that everyone else does into an opportunity for the Lord to bless you. Thank you, Mar. And Murray just said a fifth thing, be quick to repent. Just own your stuff. You know, let's let 2018 be the year that we say bye-bye to self-justification. Let's let 2018 be the year that we embrace repentance, quick repentance. You know what? You're right. I may not understand how you can be right because I'm not wearing your lenses. I don't have your perspective. But... I'm willing to understand that somehow, I'm willing to own and repent that somehow in the midst of what happened, that I have responsibility to say to you, whatever it was that I did that hurt your heart, I am truly sorry for that. I don't understand it fully. Please help me to fully and more clearly understand things, but I want you to know I love you and I am sorry for any way that anything I did led you to feel that I intended to hurt you. I did not in any way intend to hurt you and therefore I am truly sorry that that happened. Please forgive me. And, and if you were wrong and you know you were wrong, then be brave and courageous and say, and not only am I sorry, I realize I was wrong. And you know why I'm saying be courageous and be bold? Because that's really tough when you're the husband. <laughs> or the wife. Let's stand, everybody.
Now I know that the Holy Spirit, while I've been speaking, has been tugging at your heart, the heart strings. And I know that each of you have somebody that you know you need to let go of an offense with. You need to give them a gift that they don't deserve. You see, a lot of the times we find it so hard to forgive because we don't understand what forgiveness is. How do we know we don't understand what forgiveness is? Well, we say things like this. I'm not going to forgive them. They don't deserve it. Oh, congratulations. That's the whole definition of forgiveness. That's the precise point, everybody. Forgiveness is only forgiveness if the person doesn't deserve it. If they deserved it, we'd have to call it something else. We couldn't call it forgiveness. We'd have to call it... Yeah, justice. Good point, Mark and Ash. We'd have to call it justice. But this isn't justice. This is mercy, everybody. Justice is good, but mercy is better. The law is good, but grace is perfect. The law is perfect too, but grace is perfect in its inclusion of you. Grace includes you. The law can exclude you. So, right now, folks, on the very eve of New New Year, on this very last Sunday of 2017, let's forgive. Let's give a gift to people that they don't deserve. Which people? The people that have hurt you. Who else? Yourself. You know, the hardest person to forgive is often ourselves, isn't it? We're like, man, I can't forgive myself. I know God's forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. Wait a minute. That makes you better than God. That means that you're saying to God, God, you're good and perfect, and you judge me forgiven, but I'm a better judge than you, and I judge myself unforgivable. Come on. That's idolatry. Let go of your unforgiveness against yourself. Give yourself a gift that you don't deserve. That's the whole point. You don't deserve it. Neither do I. But give yourself a gift of grace and mercy. And then finally, the Lord. We don't forgive God because he hasn't done anything wrong. But we release God from our sin of unforgiveness towards him. Does everybody understand that? And so I just want to take a moment. Just close your eyes all across this room. In 2017, whether it's for ourselves, whether it's for somebody else that we know has hurt us, frustrated us, been unkind to us, taken away what we felt was our right. If there's somebody that you need to forgive or release, whether it's someone else, yourself or the Lord, just get in touch with that. Admit that to yourself right now. It's time to let go, everybody. It's time to just let it go. We don't want to go into 2018 with that baggage. We want to go in with no baggage at all. And if that's you, I want you just to put your hand up to heaven all across this room. Wow. this This is for us today. I want every single one of you that put your hands up to come out here to the front. Go on, just come on right out. We're all in the same boat. So there's no shame. Just come on up to the front. Push right up, right up close. Right up close. Right up close. Right up. Come quickly because we want to we release people. But before we finish 2017, we want to deal with our stuff. Well done, everybody. Come up to the Come on up. Keep pushing up. Thank you, Jesus. All right. The most important thing when we come to God to forgive, the most important thing is that we tell God the truth about what was done done to us. If we just say, I forgive, then we end up forgiving from the head, not the heart. And Jesus said, unless a man or a woman forgive from their heart, they cannot be forgiven. And so... We're going to forgive from the heart. Come on, right up, right up, right up, right up. 
there's nothing, nothing there. There's no angel. I don't even think there's an angel there. It's just Jacob. Come on up. All right. Okay. So we're going to tell God, God, what my friend did to me, what my husband or my wife or my pastor or my best friend or whatever, or my boss at work, whoever it is, or you, God, or myself, it really deeply hurt me, God. It ruined my life. I was in agony. And just tell him, okay? Just be real for a moment. He's not scared of it. He knows it. He became it at the cross. Just tell him straight to his face. God, the truth is, I was really hurt by my best friend. They betrayed me. They hurt me. Now, don't worry, everybody. We're going to come to the part where we say, but God, I didn't react well to that. I reacted in anger, I reacted in hurt, I reacted in shame, and whatever. But even if your dad is dead or passed on or your mother's dad dead and passed on and you don't want to just get in touch because we, like we like to mystify the people of the past. Listen to me, you were really hurt. Tell God that you were really hurt and it will help you get in touch because some of you have been very badly hurt. Some of you have had things done to you that should never have been done to any human being. Just close your eyes for a moment and tell the Lord, Lord, the truth is, I was really hurt. I was just so hurt in my heart, God. I was vulnerable. My heart was wide open. And they just came and just treated me like a piece of trash. It devastated me, God. It ruined my life. It wasn't fair. It was extremely unjust. They had no business doing what they did to me, God. It broke my heart. It broke my trust. It ruined my life. Just tell the Lord. Now we're going to just tell him. But Lord, the truth is, I didn't react well to that. I reacted in my own anger, my own hatred, my own, I closed my heart to love. I've blamed them. I've shamed them. I've pushed them out of my life. I've gone into passive aggression. I've sulked. I've licked my own wounds, God. Most of all, I've sin, the sin of unforgiveness and bitterness. Lord, I ask your forgiveness. Wash me in the precious blood of Jesus from all my wrong reactions. Now just let that precious blood wash over you, everybody. I forgive you, says the Lord. I forgive you for every single one of your wrong reactions. You are forgiven. I forgive you, says the Lord. Oh yeah, just receive that forgiveness. And say this with me. I want you to picture the person that hurt you, including yourself, including the Lord. And I want you to say this with me all together now, out loud. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I choose today to give a gift of my forgiveness, a gift that's not deserved an undeserved gift, an unearned gift of my forgiveness. And I choose right now to forgive. Now I want you to say the name of the person, including yourself, including the Lord. Just do all of them all at once. Just say that under your breath. I'm going to say my name, Murray. Duncan, I forgive you. Murray would, would say, Murray, I forgive you. You would say your name, I forgive you. Say the name of the person that hurt you and say, I forgive you. Say to the Lord, Lord, I've blamed you. I release you. I thought, how could you ever do that? Allow that to happen if you really love me. Lord, I was wrong. I let go of it. You owe me nothing. 
and cancel all the debt. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to say this all together. In the name of Jesus, I forgive you. You owe me nothing. I cancel the debt that I felt you owed me and that I've held against you. I rip up the excuses that I've used in my own heart to justify all my own bad behavior on account of your offense. And I choose instead today to bless you. I thank God for you and I bless you. And I forgive myself. Say your name. Duncan, I forgive you. You owe me nothing. Every mistake you've ever made leading up to December 31st, 2017, I forgive you. No regrets, no shame. You owe me nothing. Cancel it. And I bless myself. Say that with me. Duncan, I bless you. That's it. That's it. I bless myself. Thank you, Jesus. And say this with me. Heavenly Father, I release you from everything that I've subconsciously held against you. Where I've blamed you, I release you. You owe me nothing. I cancel the debt. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, wow. Doesn't that feel good, everybody? And that's how we ended 2017. Really, really well. Really, really well. We finished it really well. And I'm going to take a moment to bless you. See, Jesus said in Matthew 18 that when we refuse to forgive, we'll be handed over to the torturers. And how many of you know that the torturers are those angelic, demonic beings that the enemy uses to to wreak havoc at the justice level? But we've forgiven everybody. And so if we could be handed over the torturers for our unforgiveness, how much more are we now handed over to the angelic angels of the kingdom of heaven to bring blessing to our lives? If our unforgiveness releases the demonic to torture us, how much more does our forgiveness release God and His angels to bring mighty blessings into our lives in 2018? And before we finish, I know we've gone over time, but you know what? I'm just pulling my trump, no, not my trump card. I'm pulling my, I'm I'm pulling my, no, I'm saying that so as to cause no offense to anybody. I'm pulling my, my senior leader card. Because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed in 2018, everybody. And it's not just that we forgive. It's that we're thankful and that we bless. And in Jesus, I'm going to just pray over you now. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank God for each one of your lives. I thank you, God, for this community. This community of faith. This multi-ethnic love-filled community of faith and love and grace. And I ask you with all of my heart, Heavenly Father, that 2018 would be our most blessed year without exception. That every single one of us in this church family would be blessed in Jesus' name. And God, as we've forgiven, Lord, I ask that you'd lift, as we have forgiven and have been forgiven, Lord, I ask that you'd lift each one of us into that supernatural realm of grace right now in Jesus' name. That 2018 would be the year of outrageous grace for each one of us in this room. I declare your finances blessed with a double blessing by this time next year. I declare you blessed at work. I release favor over your life. I command the devil in Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. I command you to let go of God's people. Be gone in Jesus' name. And I release blessings and grace and mercy and favor over each one of you at work, on the roads, at home, among your families, in your bank accounts, in your, in your actual physical health. 
that you would be wealthy in every single dimension of body, soul, and spirit. That this would be the year of your greatest breakthroughs and your greatest prosperity and your greatest blessing. That you would be an outrageous blessing this year. That you would be a person that everybody knows blesses with the blessing that they've received in Jesus' name. May this be the year of your greatest promotions. May this be the year when you have children, those of you who are longing for children. May this be the year where you find your spouse and your spouse finds you in Jesus' name. May this be the year when you finally start that business, when you finally get that new job, when you finally get on the platform in Jesus' name. Amen.